We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If I ventured in the slipstream. This episode of Inside Golf Podcast is brought to you by RickRunGood.com. All the stats, tools, and info that I'll be referencing on the podcast this week can be found over at RickRunGood.com. The Shriners field is uploaded in there. We have Corn Ferry Tour stats, Euro Tour stats, live results. I bet Kurt Kitayama this week at the Shriners, and the reason that I did so is because I saw his stats from the BMW Italian Open on rickrungood.com, but I would have never noticed that if we didn't have all the Euro stats in there. So especially now with the European Tour and Corn Ferry Tour being a little bit more fluid with PGA Tour guys, especially early in the season where we're trying to be early on guys and dive into information that books might not be paying attention to. If you're serious about golf betting and DFS, I genuinely do not know how you do it without rickrungoods.com. I feel completely blind. So head on over now. Make sure you type in promo code Andy so they know I sent you. Uh, And I didn't get a chance to do a Sunday preview podcast this week either. I was in San Diego over the weekend playing Torrey Pines. Love, love, love what Reese Jones did with that piece of land. So if you want a very detailed breakdown on what you should be looking for at TPC Summerlin, I encourage you to read that preview because we're not going to talk a lot about the course on this podcast. Just going to talk about the betting board with my good friend, Luke Walker. Luke sweated it out on Twitter. First podcast guest ever on Inside golf podcast uh if you didn't say yes to come on to the first episode of my podcast about two years ago now when i had three followers on twitter don't know if we'd ever even exist right now who can say so without further ado let's bring on luke to talk some shriners all right luke sweated out is here first ever podcast guest on inside golf podcast ever the number one guy the first podcast episode ever uh i haven't seen you since we played pasta tiempo one of probably one of the better golf experiences i've had in recent memory but how are things how's how's the how old is cash now one or two or something like that yeah yeah well things are good in general cash is uh he'll be 21 months this this month so he's coming up on on two got the julius who is two months as of like a couple days ago um he had his his two month checkup today he's weighed in almost 14 pounds so he's a tank yeah, man, I, I make big, cute babies. Um, so that's good, man. We're I just, was going to say with the it. names, you've basically punted on having your kids be golfers. Like you, with those names, like naturally they're going to be boxers. That would be that would be pretty sweet. Um, although, yeah, maybe not not great for their long term brain health. Uh, bo- you know, golf might be better for their long term you know physical health. But whatever they want to do, you know, if they right. want to if they want to golf, they want to box, they want to play the cello. I'm going to be you know I'm going to be supportive. So. With uh, yeah. with cash, have you gotten past the the point where you're you're starting? He's you're starting to sleep a little bit more. It's kind of tough because you just the second he got past that point, you had another one. But 
Yeah, he's he's a great sleeper now. He was horrible for the first year, and now he's awesome. And then the new baby, Julius, he's a great sleeper. So right now, we're getting a lot of sleep in this household. It's actually the dogs that are the uh, the real problem at night there. We got one who's kind of having some health issues, and he's getting up and pooping all over the house. And yeah, they're, they're awful. So uh, yeah, dogs are our bigger problem more so than the small humans. Mm, sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's the way it goes. He's old. He's an old Chihuahua, man. And they're, uh, they're just known for their health issues. It's the way it goes. Well, how much has this, all the, all the craziness going in your, going on in your life been affecting your, uh, your golf viewing? Would you say that you've been pretty into the fall swing this far? I can't really remember. Are you a football guy too? Or are you a college guy or do you keep your focus primarily on golf even this time of year? No, I, I love, uh, I'm a big football guy. I've been, you know, I don't get to watch a ton of NFL these days. It's more following scores, you know, on the app and, and checking my fantasy team when I have a chance and that kind of stuff. And that's right. Uh, We're in a league together. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. You, you probably have the best team, um, as far as scoring on a weekly basis, you've had some bad matchup luck, but, um, yeah, both of us, I think are going to contend in that league. It's, that'll be fun, but yeah, I, I love it. And, uh, my, my college teams are absolutely terrible, but you know, they're West coast teams. So they usually play late at night. So the kids and the wife are in bed. What are you, um, is it, what are the college teams? So the university of Nevada here, here in Reno, we had a, a coaching change. He kind of left. He took about a dozen players and a half a dozen recruits with him and the entire coaching staff. So that kind of, <laughs> yeah. And then a bunch of guys went pro from his, his last team. So it basically just, we had the, dead last returning production percentage in college football this year. We were returned 27% of our production from last year. So we're not good. And then ASU is <laughs> my other one. Uh, that's where I went to school is ASU and, and they're absolutely God awful. So out, bad that they shout out Rom. Yeah. 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 We got John Rom. We got some good golfers, good golf team should be good again this year, but yeah, we were so bad that we had to fire our coach after three games. So tough. Tough sledding. Yeah. You guys have had, um, I think Phil, cause he went to Arizona state too. Mm-hmm. I think I saw he donated this insane practice facility. I was watching YouTube was that, videos. Of was it. that recent? Was that his, his live money coming to? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Def- definitely before live. Although he could probably, he probably donate another one now after he the should, live money yeah. too. Yeah, he should. He should. But, um, yeah. Well, all right, man. What, anything else going on before we transition into golf? This is in your, uh, your home state. Yeah, man, it's in my home state. It's, uh, you know, I will kind of set it out for people to start. I'm up, I'm in Reno, so we're Northern Nevada. We are a solid 400 miles from Las Vegas. Um, so a lot of people always ask me, Oh, do you go to the Shriners? And it's like, well, no, <laughs> do you go to the, do you go to the tournament? That's four States away. Yeah. From it's you? like, that's um, like me basically going to Vegas. I think. Yeah. I think you're closer <laughs> to Vegas than I am. Um, but having said that the, um, you know, the climate and the topography and all the, all that kind of stuff is very similar to, to where we're at. Reno and Vegas would both be considered high deserts. So, you know, Vegas is thought of more as as like a traditional desert, you know, like fucking cactuses and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's certainly a desert, but it is at elevation, Mm -hmm. um, which is something, you know, that's relevant when you're thinking about kind of the distance of this course. It's a, it's, you know, there's, there's desert terrain all around. So if you're not on the grass that they lay out for the course, you're in, you're in rocks and uh, a little cacti and spiky bushes and all the kind of stuff that are not um, super conducive to making good golf shots from. What would you say? I was trying to figure this out. Like if, so the course is 7,200 yards, uh, par 71 mm-hmm. with the altitude, would you say it plays closer to like 69, even less? I- I would say with the elevation of Vegas, and I don't have the exact numbers of what it's at at elevation, I would say it's a good 5%. So, and obviously that's going to be different, right? Like your drives, you know, I, I think that you can think of it more as a roughly 5% per shot. Yeah. Shot, I remember right? when so, I played in Aspen, it was, yeah, you had to yeah. take 5% for sure. Yeah. So if, if you call it 5% for the whole, you know, the whole thing where, where you're looking at cutting off what 36 hundred uh yards not 36 uh 360 yeah right? i feel like Three, it's 300 more, i feel like you'd even play shorter than that it's yeah, weird so the average driving distance here if you look at the average driving distance compared to tour average it's like 15 yards longer sure yeah then that that tracks perfectly um because if if you you know up in reno i i usually tell people like 10 percent 
because, mm. but they're not as, so if you're talking about a 300 yard drive, it might go 330. So at, at half of that, yeah. And instead of a 300 yard drive might go 315 um, with a slightly less elevation that they have. So yeah, I'd say it plays, you know, comparable to like a 6,900 short, like yeah. distances for, in for a par. Yeah. For a par 71, a uh, pretty short course. And then, you know, the super wide fairways, I think that there's a lot of ways that you can look at this as like, it's a pretty short, short golf course. Right. Anything else that you want to add on TPC Summerlin? You ever play there before? You ever played much golf in Vegas? No, I haven't played a ton of golf in Vegas. You know, since I really got into golf has been the last couple of years. And it's like, I haven't been to Vegas since COVID. And, and usually when I'm in Vegas, I'm on the strip, just doing the regular Vegas stuff Go down for some basketball tournaments, you know, that kind of stuff. So they've got some haven't played golf a ton courses of, there. Very overpriced. They do. They yeah. do very, very overpriced. Yeah. But there's a couple of, uh, gems that, you know, we should maybe, maybe link up there one time and play some of those gems down there. There's some good ones. Yeah. I'd love to. All right, man. Anything, uh, anything else on Summerlin specifically before we dive into the odds? Pretty straightforward. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, you know. I don't know if you have kind of a skill set you're looking for. I was kind of going through some of the past years and it's, it's really a, a strange, you know, kind of leaderboard and, and skill types that, that perform well here over the last couple of years. I know you did the uh, Sanderson preview and you kind of talked about like any course that Cameron champ and Ryan armor can win at. I'm not really sure that you have like a specific skill set that you're looking for. And I think you right. can kind of say the same about this course. Like I agree. we've seen Matthew Wolf finish second twice and Bryson win, but we've also seen like Ryan Moore and Kevin Na win. Kevin so Na, yeah. it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's hard to like glom onto one specific skill set and kind of say, I'm going to build my card or build my DK teams around like guys who play this style of golf. I think it's, it's a lot more open and just, I'm kind of looking for guys who just play well-rounded golf. Looking at DraftKings Sportsbook right now, I'm seeing uh, Patrick Cantlay at six to one, Sung JM at nine to one, Tom Kim fourteen to one, Aaron Wise eighteen to one, or did I say Tom Kim? I meant Max Homa. Max yeah. Homa fourteen to one. Tom Kim's twenty two. That was a uh, a very popular bet at thirty this morning, but he's now mm-hmm. he's now down to twenty two. Any of those? Um, and then on DraftKings. Then it jumps all the way up to 35. So there's that big gap. Any any of those guys, are you how do how do we assess Cantley and Sung Jay and Homa for that matter this week? Yeah, it's it's really an interesting board. Um, because like those guys are are elites, right? You know, this is Cantley probably like in that kind of super elite category, but Sung Jay and Homa, they're just they're so damn good. So it's hard to think that one of those three is not going to be in the mix. Cantlay has impeccable uh, course history, but pretty unbettable number, unless that's, you know, your only guy that you're betting. Sung Jay is kind of in that same discussion. Like he won last year, obviously two weeks off now since the the president's cup. So he's probably well rested. And then Homa, man, that guy's a killer. Like he just seems like he wins a lot of golf tournaments. He went four no at the president's cup. I don't see any reason why this course wouldn't be a perfect fit for him. So it's it's really hard. I think that you kind of have to make the decision of like, do I want to play one of these guys and maybe a bomb or two, or do you want to like sprinkle the rest of the board because there is that huge gap. And then it's like, you get pretty big numbers for a lot of guys who, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about some guys as we go through, but like a lot of these guys are playing really good golf or are, are the class of the second tier and you're getting them at, you know, 40, 50, 60 to one. So what about uh, you're not doing Cantlay, Sungjae, or Homa, are you? Well, you know what? So you're thinking I about have it. Odds. I haven't I haven't made any bets yet because I none of my books had odds up until literally like five minutes ago. One of my books put some odds up. <laughs> Fanduel still doesn't have odds up as we record this on Monday night. Lazy, I don't know what the hell is going on over there. there. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't much going on today in sports. It's not like you know they couldn't no. get some odds going, but they they hung a, an 18 on Max Homa over at Circa Sportsbook. Hmm. That has me thinking because he just won at like that same price. And like I said, I mean, he, he won and then he swept his matches at the, at the president's cup. That's uh, that one's got my attention, but otherwise I, I, you know, it's that decision of, do I, do I go big on, on like Homa potentially, or do I sprinkle? It's hard. So no, so no, so no Aaron Weiser, Tom Kemp. 
it doesn't seem like you're you're heading in that direction either. No, which you know, Tom Kim's uh, definitely an interesting one. That guy's really good at golf. Um, Aaron Wise, if you know, pouring through the stats, he just pops everywhere, so it's not really surprising. But Vegas like, guy, yeah, and yeah, and, but but Aaron Wise at twenty to one just doesn't feel right. Doesn't smell good. Right, I would agree with you certainly. Neither does yeah. t- I mean, I I when I I think a lot of people saw the thirty next to Tom Kim this morning and were like offended. I I didn't really like take offense to him being. 30 to one. I, I don't, I, I think that's the right number. Right. Yeah. Look, I I think the president, I think the president's cup thing, and I talked about this a little bit on the last solo podcast that I did. I think people needed something like to latch onto at that president's cup. And Tom Kim just provided the juice that that tournament really desperately needed at that point. He went two and three, like, let's he's played in like seven PGA tour events. Like let's, let's not get over our skis here. I think he's a great player. I saw him getting compared to like, you know, generational talents. I'm not there yet. And from like a statistical standpoint, I don't think this course does the best job of accentuating what he's truly the best at. And it's right. Maybe maybe, finding fairways. Right. Right. Exactly. Maybe it's too small of a sample size to really figure out what his statistical profile is. But for me, like, I think his greatest weapon is the fact that he is one of the most accurate drivers of the ball, like like you will find right now in the game. And yeah, I don't think kind of has the, that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say I don't think off what you do off the tee is really that important on this course at all. I think it's all about the second shot here. Yeah, you know, I think I think you're probably right. There's been some kind of weird years where um, I think it was maybe two years ago where like a bunch of the guys in the top of the leaderboard lost strokes approach. I think that was a kind of an outlier kind of anomaly year. But when I say that, what, that he's, you know, 31 is kind of maybe the right price. The reason I say that is because he's number 21 in the world. Right. Right. So it's like, like Homa is 17, Sungjae's 19, he's 21. So like, as far as it purely looking at the world ranking, you know, comparing that to the kind of the odds board, He's he's in the right tier. He's below that that first elite tier, and then he's above the other tier of guys. So I think he's in the right range. Thirty to maybe was was a pretty 30's, fairish. It's the number. right number. Thirty is the right is, number. Twenty two is maybe not the right number. Twenty two maybe yeah. is too low. Yeah. G- moving down a little bit, so then you get this like very interesting middle tier of guys like Taylor Montgomery, uh, Cameron Davis, Brian Harmon. Milan Agrio, who was in contention last week, Davis Riley, the Zayden Hout, Taylor Pendrith, Norin, who was contending right across the pond over at the Dunhill. He uh, finished either second or tied for second or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And, you know, Mito and Siwoo and Tom Hoagie and Denny and Dietrich and all those guys. Anyone in anyone in this tier, I would imagine, like, this is where I'm starting and this is where the majority of the bets that I have made here, but I'll start with you. Who kind of jumps off the page to you in that middle tier between like, we'll say, I don't know, 30 and 60. Yep. So this is, like I said, it's, you know, it's either take a big shot at the top or, or sprinkle in this kind of range. And there's a ton of guys that I really like in this range. You know, Montgomery is a guy, but the last two weeks he finished mm. T third at, at Fortinet. And I think he finished like T eighth last week or T ninth. So, you know, two, two PGA tour starts, two top tens, and the guy seven, is, 17 strokes gained putting. The guy is a phenomenal putter. And if you look at his um his you know fantasy national thing, there's only four rounds that they had strokes gained data or four tournaments that had strokes gained data for him. Um 5.8 putting, 11.2, 5.4, 6.5. So you know, whether it's a sustainable thing to gain that much putting. Or, or, you know, it's not, it's, it's not, but, but he's clearly a very good putter. Right. I mean, I don't think that he's just having spike weeks every week, you know, right. he's, he's well, going to we'll have see. some bet down weeks, but I, I think that he is just a very quality putter. I think he was top five or top 10 and, uh, on the corn Ferry tour and putting last year. So uh, the guy is a quality putter. I think he's a, he's a pretty solid ball striker as well. You know, off the tee, what, what frustrates me about him is I always kind of had him tagged as a bomber, you know, based on his corn Ferry stuff and then you know i've i've tracked him a lot the last two weeks having bets on him and seems like he clubs down a lot and mm. and 
sprays it like he hits a lot of three wood into the rough which is just the, there's nothing more frustrating in the world like right why hit a 290 yard ball into the rough when you could hit a 320 yard ball into the rough it's it's a it's an infuriating kind of thing to track so i don't know i've bet him twice if i can get a good enough number i'll probably just keep going back to the well he's a unlv guy so i assume that he's played this course before um and and is familiar with you know playing golf in Vegas. So he's definitely got my attention. Um, let's of, see there. I, there's so many in this range of this group of like president's cup guys of Cam mm-hmm. Davis, Bezayden, Hout, Pendrith, Mito, Siwoo. You got like half the international team right there, all in the same portion of the odds board. Who'd probably be your favorite of that group of international president's cup guys? Because I actually think, you know, even the losing team, I think a lot of those guys, if you're not named Corey Connors, walked away from that event with confidence. I think that that was, Absolutely. I mean, we've seen we've seen this happen a lot where these team events are kind of these springboards for these mm-hmm. players. Scheffler is a good example of this. Like I remember watching Scheffler at the Ryder Cup and he takes down Rom in that Sunday singles match and suddenly then goes on to become the best player in the world the next year. Like, I could see a lot of, I think for the international team and just listening to all of the quotes and, and the way they talked and even celebrated in the loss, I, I could see this being kind of a very nice springboard for, for some of these guys coming, coming into their first stroke play be- event. It's a, it's a great point. And I think that, yeah, even though they lost somewhat handily, like I think they all felt like they won. Um, you know, Agreed. and, and yeah. we saw it, we saw it after the last president's cup where like a couple of Aussies won, Siwoo won. That's right. Like, you know, and then some Americans won too. Like it was definitely, there was this president's cup like effect. And so, you know, the guy that I had the most interest out of that range is, uh, is Mito. I'm I with you. That, I bet him. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be a bet for me. What's going um, on with live though. That yeah. Mito is the one live guy that I I'm so confused. There's been so much so much conflicting reporting on him because he's Neiman's best friend. And there was this thing that live after the president's cup was supposedly going to get more guys. And so I think the logical name that everyone was thinking would be Mito given his relationship with Neiman. And he's been in the rumor mill forever. I have, I am so confused as to how that situation is going to play out. You know, and my thing is like, if he hasn't gone now why would he go right like it the the logical time to make the jump has passed right i don't know you if know, the money's getting the better i'm with you yeah so it, it seems like he's on the pga tour and uh i'm gonna you know treat him like a pga tour player until further notice um i think he had a fine president's cup i, I don't remember what his record was off the top of my head they didn't utilize um, him enough he, he yeah that's went, probably true he, at that he, course yeah he, he should have been like one of the guys completely agree he played like i think two, maybe three matches. And I think went like one Oh and one or something like that, or one, one and one. Um, I remember watching his singles match on Sunday, which I do think he ended up losing, but he played well. I think it was mm. kind of a, the record was a little bit deceiving and he got hidden a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you're right. He was one of the, like those later matches. I think that didn't finish if I remember right, but right. either way. Yeah. I mean, I've got a 70 to one that I'm looking at. I think that's a incredible number for a guy who we know like has competed in a PGA championship and is just a very, very high upside player. You know, a lot of the stats that I was looking at, he, he ranked out really well. He's, he's fine on, you know, pretty good on par fives. His, his approach and T to green numbers are first in this field over a, a fairly large sample size. Um, I kind of have him marked down as a, uh, a bent grass guy. His stats don't really bear it out, but I think that he's, you know, I mean like Neiman is a bent grass guy, right? I think there's something with right. the way they, where they grew up playing golf that like, that's their more comfortable surface. So yeah, Neiman, I mean, uh, Mito is certainly, um, certainly going to be a play for me. Yeah, I would throw out Cameron Davis as well, who I've also bet at. He was 46 to one enhanced on bet 365. That just feels a bit irresponsible to me. Um, Yeah. He has turned into like one of the better wedge players, at least in this field. He's one of the better wedge players on the PGA Tour. Excellent bent grass putter. Two of the courses that I looked at a lot 
just in terms of the models that I created for these courses end up being very similar to how I kind of broke down Shriners is actually the Amex and Pebble Beach are both courses that, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, devalue off the tee a lot. And the emphasis falls a lot more on the second shot, which is often with a wedge and produce these relatively easy scoring conditions. Uh, Davis has been great at both. The other guy that I bet in this rage, Tom Hoagie, has finished first and second at those two courses this past year as well. So yeah, for me, I'm with you on Mito. Uh, I would throw Davis into that mix as well. And then, and then Hoagie was the other guy that I had circled. Hoagie's definitely, he's, he's on my favorited list, my short list. Um, he's like the best, but he's like the best wedge player in the world. Well, that's, he has been for, for for quite some time now. And we know that he can absolutely get scorching when it comes to scoring. And that's, that's something we haven't mentioned is like the last couple of versions of this tournament have been one in the, in the twenties, you know, 21, 22, 23, 24 range. So one can't lay year. That was weird. Right. But I mean, last year, I think, I think Sungjae was 24 and, and, uh, it's, it's pretty early for wind wind projections right now, but I look today and, and there's not projected to be anything no, uh, me noteworthy. So, um, yeah, I mean, Hoagie, we know can get low, so he's definitely on my short list. Um, I didn't see, I don't even see where he is number wise, but you know, being grouped with the guys that he's being grouped with, like he's a proven PGA tour winner at this point. Some of these guys are, um, corn fairy grads and, you know, the guys that that we just don't know what we're going to get on a week to week basis, and we kind of know at this point what Hoagie's going to get, and he's shown some flashes recently. Right. I the other couple guys I want to mention before we dig into some longer shots: Grio, Riley, mm-hmm. and Dietrich all were like really awesome, and you could even throw Hubbard into this mix. All were really awesome at the Sanderson Farms, and people were betting Grio at like thirty to one at the Sanderson farms. And I bet Dietrich at, I think 40 to one at the Sanderson farms. And I understand that this field has two great players at the top. So it's top heavy, but like, there are a lot of players that played really well last week. Like Davis Riley played pretty damn well last week. He really had one round that kind of screwed him over and Grio. I think you probably have a bad taste in your mouth after, you know, how he looked coming down the stretch, but there are some, I found the numbers this week to be like pretty solid overall across the board. And I guess that's the Cantlay and Sungjae effect. But there are a couple guys where like if you bet Grio at 30 to one or Dietrich at 40 to one or Davis Riley at 30 to one last week, like you're getting 50s and 60s and 65s on them now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yep. I'm, I'm hundred percent with you. Those two of those guys, Grio and, um, and Dietrich are, are going to be bets for me. No, no question. You know, Grio, like you said, he was, he had a great week. He had one bad hole other, you know, aside from that one bad hole, he maybe wins the golf tournament. The thing that's most interesting to me about Grio is he has gained strokes now six consecutive events dating back to the John Deere. 
good putter. Uh, putting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like maybe he's just a better putter. I don't think that we're ever going to call him a great putter or even a good putter, but like he's putting really well. So, um, you know that if, if he puts well, it's hard to imagine him not being in play on a course where he's probably going to be in a lot of fairways and and hitting some wedges and, and low or, uh, you know, short irons. So Grillo's, you know, Grillo's on my, on my radar for sure. And then Dietrich's another one, just like, Taylor Montgomery, where I bet him the last two weeks, I bet him basically every time he fucking tees it up in Europe for the last <laughs> several years. Like he breaks he's a just lot a, of hearts over there, huh? He, he's the he's the you know Belgian Tony Finau. I think that's the best way to describe him. Like he's in contention a lot and can't um, close it, but maybe he'll he'll be like Tony Finau of of today and actually yeah. start winning some tournaments. You know, so and I mean one thing that's really interesting about uh, Dietrich, you know, just his his recent form is is off the charts. So he let's see, was 10th at the Genesis Scottish Open, 34th at the Open, whatever, 12th at the Kazoo Open, 4th at the Boise Corn Ferry, which is how he got his uh, his card, the next two Corn Ferry ones he sucked. Then he was 5th at the BMW PGA, 12th and 9th in his two first you know PGA starts as a full member. So like his form is outrageously good. Um, yeah, he bombs the ball. So if he's finding fairways and he puts really well, you know, so he, he is the exact kind of profile I'm looking for. And yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a 60 on him. I bet him at 52 last week. So he finished ninth and was a 36 hole leader, had one bad round and now he's much better odds. And granted, like you said, it's, it's because of the guys at the top, but most of the other guys in the field are the same guys he's been playing against the last two weeks. So Dietrich is a no brainer for me. Last guy, before we dig into some longer guys, I want to ask you about. Dick Fowler showing some signs mm. of life. Best yeah, ball glad. striking week. Yeah. Best ball striking week since, or yeah. Best ball striking week. I think let's see since the API, it was also the only time he gained across the board, which I really like. Uh, this is the first time that he gained strokes in all four major categories since the Wells Fargo in 2019. So pre pandemic, the summer before the pandemic that he has had this well-rounded of a stat line across the board. I'm not there yet, but I'm monitoring the situation. It's it's worthy of monitoring. Yeah, it's it's like we know what the upside is with Ricky Fowler, right? If he's if he's peak Ricky Fowler, he's should be in the, you know, category with with the other elite guys in this field. He he probably is a guy who's kind of playing with like a second life. I don't know if that's like a corny thing to kind of say, but like he barely held on to his tour card last year. And he's buddies with all these dudes who are like at the president's cup and right. He's in that, he's in that Delaware meeting with the 20, basically the 20 best players in the world. And he's like the only guy outside the top 50 in the world. That's at that meeting. After a certain point, you kind of got to look yourself in the mirror and be like, all right, am I going to ever be on another fucking president's cup team or something like that? You know, JT and Spieth are like his best friends. Yep. And so, you know, he's got all the motivation. He's got the upside. He's played this, this event before and had a fourth place, you know, back when he was good. So he's, he's always gained strokes putting here, you know, his, his worst new caddy was too. last year. Yeah. That, new caddy that, too. That's always big, man. And yeah, you know, I, we like to root for him. What, what number do you have on Fowler? I've got like a 70 and, and you know, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm seeing 60. Yeah. Not bad for a little sprinkle. So I like that one. Um, yeah, that's a good call. As we move down a little bit farther, I'll just open it up now to like 70 plus. Have you made any uh have you made any moves on some longer guys? Um, I have not. I'm I'm kind of just looking at, at what we got. One guy that I had on my list and I didn't know what number I was gonna get. I'm seeing him at 75 at, at my book. I don't know what he is at DraftKings, but Taylor Moore yeah. is an interesting guy for me right now. Gotten a couple um, of Taylor Moore texts this morning. Yep. Okay. I'm, so I'm seeing the same things that people are seeing. Um, you know, he just, he's making a lot of cuts. He's playing pretty well, you know, 24th at the Sanderson. Uh, that's, that's fine. You know, I, I just feel like he's, he's a guy who he, he scores really well in, in easier easy conditions. Yeah. Rocket yeah, mortgage, that, all those places. Yeah, yeah. That's so that's kind of his thing. He's a good par five scorer. You know, and his, his form's fine. I don't know that he's probably never played here. I would have, wouldn't imagine. Um, so that's somebody I'm looking at. Uh, Nick Hardy kind of showed some flashes again last week. That's a, an interesting guy. Um, Cause he's kind of 
profiles the way that I would like to see. You know, he he bombs the ball pretty well. Um, I've heard some some Kitayama chatter. He's a he's a yeah, Las Vegas I'm, guy. I'm I'm in on that this week. Is there like a lot that. of is that is it like enough chatter to be concerned about? I mean, it's Pat Mayo talking about him, so that you know what that can do to to the chatter of a you know. Mm to the influence on the market. Um, so that's interesting. And then there's a couple guys in triple digits that I think are, are super interesting. And one of them is, uh, Adam Svensson. I know there's yeah, a lot yeah. of, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've every single Spence week stands. I, yeah. I bet him every single week. Yeah. I just, I, you gotta keep what, 125 range. I got him um, 130. They don't, not that he did anything great last week, but they don't really change his number, whether he finishes 12th or misses the cut. It's like 130 to one every single week. Yeah, it's just a matter of like if he can putt well, you know, he he mostly loses strokes putting and then when he gains putting, he does everything else poorly. So <laughs> if, if he can finally find a week where he does all the things good, uh, you know, at the same time, he can definitely do some damage. And then one, let's see, I've, I've only got two other guys that I really even thought about at all in this range. One is uh, Steven Yeager. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Steven Yeager is uh, the number one par five scorer over the last 24 rounds. So not a, the hugest sample size, but you know, number one and sixth in approach over the last, I've got it 36 rounds. So he's a, he's a second shot, pretty elite iron player. He's such an interesting guy because i I follow him a lot when he's on the corn Ferry tour, because it seems like he is able to hang around for, you know, he, he gets his tour card and he loses it. And then he goes and he dominates on the corn Ferry tour and he's just not very good when he gets to the big stage. So this is like the second or third or fourth time he's been up. And, you know, he started out with the 43rd and the 30th, like his short game is phenomenal. His, his ball striking isn't tremendous, but um, when he does have, have good ball striking, it's really good. So he's, he's like a spike iron and spike ball striker, I guess is kind of the way to describe him. So, you know, he's in the triple digits, certainly worth a look. And then the very last one I've got on the triple digits that I probably won't get to, um, and I'll save him for a couple weeks from now. Is is Garrett Higo? Mm, that was one of your guy. He's been one of your guys, huh? Yeah, and and so Higo, yeah, like I, I I won two bets on him in three weeks in Europe, and then he came over and he won at Congaree. So I, I I won like three bets on him in a span of like four or five weeks. Um, <laughs> so so when you do that, he's going to be one of your favorite guys forever. Then he disappeared basically off the face of the earth for a year. And then he comes out last week off of no form off of what four straight missed cuts and finishes third and, and very much had a chance to, to, win. to win. Yeah. He was one stroke off of that playoff. So he is, you know, what, what Gary Kingo's profile is, is bomb it, which could work here. If you're, if you're Cer- not bombing it into the desert. Yeah. yeah. And then when his, when his game is good, it's, it's really good iron play. And he's a super polished putter for being as young as he is. Like we see it so much with these young guys. They're great ball strikers and they can't putt for shit. Mm. He can, he can putt the golf ball. Um, and he's lost fit. He went to UNLV. So he, he played one year, I think of college in Las Vegas. So he should be familiar. I'd imagine he's played this course. He missed the cut here last year, I believe, but you know, he was just after he won at Congaree, he just didn't do anything at any course. So yeah, you know, take that with, for what it's worth. You know, he you can probably find him in the in the 150 200 range. Um, so it's you know, a, a sprinkle can get you a pretty nice return on him. But I, I do like to see that some form is kind of I, I hope he can string some together because we've seen him do that before. Like I said, he won three times in, in the month or whatever. So if he can start stringing some form, he's definitely going to be a guy who shortens his price when we go back to Congaree in a couple of weeks. Are we going back to is that next week that we're going back to Congaree? I want to say it? it's three two or three weeks it's after they go to japan uh japan might be next week yeah so they go to japan for the zozo and then they'll go to congaree which is quite some travel i don't know how many guys are going to play back to back that week but interesting yeah you mentioned the two guys that i like the most that i have bet which are kitayama and svensson uh, a couple other guys i was looking at would be chris kirk i saw it 90 to Mm -hmm. one had i had some interest in um, and then there's just some DraftKings plays, just some, some names that I like. And for finishing positions, uh, Callum Terran, a Chesson Hadley, a Ryan Moore, 
a Ben Griffin, a Davis Thompson. Those guys are all above 150 to one. But yeah, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have anyone else. I think it for me, it would just be who else I want to. I should make a decision kind of closer to the top of the board. Yeah. Callum Taren makes sense. Um, that's a guy who I don't really know what he does well other than he hits the golf ball a really long way, but it always seems like he's, you know, these easier bank grass courses, man, he, that's where yeah. he's been. And he was good again last week. And you're, you're right. I mean, he hits the ball a really long way and he's actually not a bad putter and doesn't have a bad short game and he scores and he has, Cameron champ potential where like if he won this week and you actually look at what he's been up to, it's like, Oh, that's actually not that surprising. Right. Yeah. It seems like I just see his name all the time when I'm scrolling through leaderboards and not at the bottom of the leaderboard, usually somewhere, you know, in the top 20 or so so. in the mix at the U S open for the first 36 holes. Yeah, Yeah. he absolutely was. Yeah. There was, there's only a couple other guys that I've kind of looked at. I would, I would like to hear what you have to say. One of the the President's Cup guys, I don't know if you mentioned him in your list, would be Taylor Pendrith. Yep, absolutely on my radar. Yep, yep moves moves the ball out there quite a ways. You know, he was mad at the Fortinet, but he I think he played decent at, at the President's Cup. So um, we'll see what he can do here. I'm not sure if he's played. He played last. Yeah, yeah for the cut. So it is what it is. Uh, he he kind of has seems like he has the right profile for success here. Seamus Power, yeah. You looked at Seamus at all? Yeah, I don't like what's going on with his irons right now. I just I yeah. I need you to be. I think this tournament is. I think it's so important to be good with your wedges and uh, catch fire with the flat stick. Obviously, like I'm willing to forgive off the tee whatever's going on with you off the tee. I'm willing to forgive. I'm not going to play a guy who's not hitting his irons well right now. And I just don't trust it with Seamus. Yeah. I just looked at him. They're shockingly bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's probably something to stay away from then. And then the last one um, is Dean Burmester, Dean Burmeister, B- Dean, whatever the hell he's Dean. Mean yeah, he, Dean. He like could have won last week, yeah. right? He had some, yeah. he had some opportunities. I'm not as much of a Euro guy as you. So I, I, I don't have this like built in history with these guys, but he's another one that people seem to gravitate towards. So the thing about Dean is he, I mean, absolutely crushes the golf ball. Um, so if, if, you know, distance can play any bit of a, an advantage this week, you know, he's got that. He He's just a, he's a darn good player. You know, he's just a really good golfer. Um, and his, his form is, is pretty pretty spectacular too. Going back to the Genesis Scottish open 10th at the Scottish 11th at the open fourth at the first corn Ferry playoff event. He had a fifth at the last corn Ferry playoff event and then fourth last week at the Sanderson farm. So, I mean, he's, he's putting up top tens every time he's, he tees it up lately. So he's on my radar. I think that his finish last week kind of, uh, chewed into his number a little bit more than I maybe would like, um, so, but he, he's on my radar. Uh, is there a Euro event this week? There is. What is the Euro event? I, I know there is. Oh, it's the Spanish open. Jo, the John Rom. Jo, jo, John Rom's two, like plus 200. Yeah. He's like two to one. Yeah. And he finished T17 last year, like in, in classic fashion. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know if, if any of the other studs kind of stuck around. Is this at Valderrama? Uh, I don't believe it's at Valderrama. No, that one is usually, um, that might be like in the next week or two. I was going to say that's, if that's at Valderrama. I, I would probably prefer watching that over this one. Um, no, it's not. It's not. That one is always, uh, what is It's got another name. There's this like the, my, there's like Madrid. the, yeah. Okay. So there's the open day España. I think there's a Mallorca or something, but yeah, there's yeah. a couple, it's like the Spanish swing. Um, yep. so do you have any, are you betting your, so we have Euro and Live too. Do you any, are you any Live thoughts? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I will say this. Luke, Good luck, been, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, I've been pretty consistent with this the whole time about how they're just they're going to the worst golf courses. How what's really unfortunate, and I guess fortunate for them, for the players. I think part of the big selling point for them is player happiness, right? Mm-hmm. And uh so <laughs> They're basically have the same agronomy team for every single course, making sure 
that every single course has the exact same specifications week to week. So mm. the players don't have to worry about, you know, Sergio getting mad about different bunkers week to week. It's they have the same team doing the, you know, every single green is rut bent grass running 11.5 on the stamp with one and three quarters of an inch rough. It's oh the exact, it's the exact same in every course, but in fairness, um, the place that they're going to this week, um, I believe it's called Stonehill is a Kyle Phillips design. And I actually really have a ton of respect for Kyle Phillips as an architect. So okay. uh, he, he did a really excellent restoration at a course called the Cal club. Uh, he's done some really great work in LA at some of the courses that I've played down here called Hillcrest and Wilshire, particularly Hillcrest. I actually think he did an incredible job with some of the restoration work. So if I wasn't going to Bandon Dunes, I would actually be somewhat curious to check out um, this course because I think Kyle Phillips is a really interesting designer. But I don't. I, I think. I think um, the uh, fact that I'm going on a golf trip this week is probably a sign from God that I, I I shouldn't be checking it out to begin with. Yeah, I think you're right. It's uh, you know, and it's funny that you say it because one of the they played that Pumpkin Ridge, um, which is a Bob Cup design, mm. Bob. Bob Cup uh, designed one of the golf courses that's just kind of an hour from here in, in kind of the mountains that's, uh, you know, top 100 public course on Golf Digest and one of my favorite courses. And then he also designed uh, one of my favorite courses, um, Crosswater up in in Sun River, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's a pretty, pretty good designer. But from what you're you, what you're saying, it sounds like they're playing somewhat interesting golf courses and um, making them as uninteresting as possible. Right. Well. Yeah. And I've had a couple people ask me questions like, Hey, do you know anything about this golf course with Liv from like a breakdown statistical standpoint? And I was like, whatever you did last week, if it worked, just do the same thing. They're the yeah. same. They're the same. They're the same places. Look at just the look yardage. At the recent form. And yeah, look yeah. at the recent form. Look at the yardage. Some of them are going to be a little bit on the longer side. This one, it seems like it's a little bit on the longer side, but in terms of the agronomy, in terms of the required skill set, right? It's, it's, they're, they are doing that purposely too. Like mm-hmm. we are talking about this as a negative. I think players view that as a huge positive. I think players sure. really, really like that, that Just they don't have and... to deal with the bullshit of worrying about different course conditions week to week. That Bermuda rough at the Sanderson was like, that did not look fun to no. play out of at all. And this, but that, never... that makes for more compelling uh, viewing, right? We don't want 1 watch million percent, like, which has yeah. been my argument since day one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So open day Espana, though, I, there's some, some Spanish players who have some good form here. Uh, Adrian Arnaus and uh, Rafa Cabrera Bayo have, you know, Rafa Cabrera Bayo's finished second and first uh, in the last three years here. So uh, that, that's somebody to look at. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Andalusia Masters is when they go to Valderrama. So that's going to be in the next couple of weeks. That'll be fun. I like Matt Fitzpatrick for that one. Um, oh yeah. Uh, short game galore. Uh, yeah. John, John Catlin guys who can grind out pars. All right, Luke, anything else before we get you out of here, man, you got any fun golf coming up? Anything? What's what else? Anything else before we get out of here and watch the end of this, uh, 49ers Rams game? Yeah, not much, man. I'm, I'm just trying to play any amount of golf that I can. So, um, you know, have fun up at Bandon, dude, that's going to be <laughs> incredible. I'm sure that's your, your only plan is playing Bandon, but in the future, there's some incredible courses all through Oregon, specifically like the oh, Bend. Oh, I'm Bend I'm, area is, I'm, is good. Oh, I'm I'm going up a day early to play. Oh, are you? Yeah, I got a couple invites from some listeners in the Oregon area, and I wasn't. I got an invite to Tethero, which I yeah, Pronghorn. I've heard really good things. I really wanted to go to Tethero, and I couldn't make it work with the schedule, so I'm missing Tethero. But I'm going up a day early. I'm flying into Eugene and playing Eugene Country Club. Sweet. with a uh with a twitter friend um nice. so that'll be that'll be fun i've heard really good things about eugene country club but yeah there's a lot of good golf in that area yeah i played pronghorn the nicholas course a couple months back and the back nine i thought was some of the most fun golf i've ever played just really interesting uh different holes i've heard teeth is incredible crosswater i mentioned a few minutes ago is, is probably my favorite golf course i've ever played really That's in sun river which is about 20 minutes south of bend um, it's just amazing. There's, there's the big Deschutes and little Deschutes river that kind of, it, it just, you're playing cross water. You're, you're hitting over this river all the time. And it's, it's just so cool. I saw like, you know, just all kinds of deer and like coyote and it's just cool. You know, Oregon's just a cool place, man. It's a really good place for golf. 
and then in sun river so that sun river is like a resort mm-hmm. where you know it's very much a family style resort like hundreds of miles of bike paths and river rafting and you know all that kind of stuff but they've got a bunch of golf courses and crosswater is the premier one but in the place we play we stay there's like a community nine hole par three course that's called mm. caldera links and i think it's as much fun as you can ever have playing golf. Like the longest hole is maybe 140 yards and the shortest hole is maybe 90 yards. And it's, it's a link style, you know, just kind of, it looks very much like you're, you're in a Scottish or you know, Ireland kind of a setting, you know, and yeah. it's just as, as fun as you could ever have uh, playing golf. So Oregon golf, I, I rate 10 out of 10. Um, Bandon Ooh. is clearly the, uh, you know, the the best of the best up there too so you're gonna have a blast playing all five courses i assume playing all five courses sheep ranch twice um uh the par three course the preserve course yeah you know i just got back from like the i don't know best golf trip of my life trip of a lifetime that i'll never forget i followed closely (laughs) on uh on instagram and i was I was just like, never been more jealous of anything in my entire life. I'm I'm going to be recovering from that Irish trip for like months. And now it's like, because the the Irish trip we had planned for years and the Bandon trip, I just got lucky. I yeah. like, I, I literally like, I didn't do any of the planning. Somebody dropped out. I just got lucky with, with an invite. So it just, it doesn't even like, I haven't even really processed it, but uh, That's fantastic. yeah, it should be fun. We'll do some, I'll do a bunch of podcasts on it too. Um, I have actually yeah. have a good one on Ireland coming out the week that I'm at Bandon, but yeah, it, it, exciting stuff. What else you got to plug? Anything this week? Nothing, man. Um, just trying to hit a winner and and you know do my Twitter thing and <laughs> yeah, man, just having fun. Sounds good to me, man. Uh, all right, Luke. Well, hopefully we'll do Pasa sometime soon again, or maybe even sure. some uh, some golf in the Oregon area. But it was good to see you. You too, buddy. All right, that is it for the podcast. I'm going to Bandon Dunes on Thursday, so there will not be a Sunday preview podcast. There will not be a Tuesday podcast. Very up in the air if I will be able to do any Zozo content at all. Going to uh, try very hard to do the course preview article on Rick Run Good while I'm at Bandon. Uh, Maybe during the night. We'll see. Uh, But what I will have next week is uh, I recorded a podcast a couple weeks ago with Kevin Markham about kind of just the magic of golf in Ireland, uh, specifically a pretty deep dive into the number one and number two ranked courses in Ireland, Ballybunny and Lahinch, two of the best golf courses that I've ever played in my life um, that both have a very special meaning to me. So this is probably, probably my favorite podcast I've ever done, to be honest with you, at least the one that I've been the most passionate about. So If you love hearing about great golf courses, um, what makes them great, why they are special, Um, if you have interest in potentially making a trip to Ireland to play golf at some point in your life, uh, I cannot recommend this podcast enough, and that will be out sometime next week. Until then, my betting preview with Rick will be out Tuesday, DFS article Wednesday, golf.com article Wednesday, and good luck with your bets this week for the Shriners. We'll see you next time. Cheers. If I ventured in the slipstream Between the viaducts of your dream Where my world still runs crack And the dead center back road stop